Hallelujah, Lord God. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord Jesus, Lord. Oh, I thank God for what He has done already in this service. I thank God for every testimony. I thank God for every saint of the Most High God that stands to be heard. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. There is a world that needs to hear your testimony, that needs to hear the voice of the Lord through your life. Amen. As I was listening to those testimonies, it was in the back, so I'm going to start from the end. Amen. Praise God. But the last scripture I had put in my notes was 2 Timothy 1, 7 through 9. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. So be thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, according to the power of God. And verse 9, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, not according to what I can offer, not according to what I will ever be. Hallelujah, Lord. But according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us, amen, in Christ Jesus, before the world began. I come to you tonight with a message. And if you'll bear with me for a few moments. And if you have your Bibles and want to turn to Luke, Chapter 10. I was, uh, this is a message that I've, I've had and I was percolating on and, and I got a text from Brother, Brother Herring the, the morning I was, I was praying on this message and adding to and, and just praying because the Lord had stirred my heart and told me to get it ready. And Brother Herring that afternoon just texted me out of the blue. And so I said, well, Lord, I know the answer. Praise God. And you know what you're doing. Amen. But in Luke chapter 10, verse 17, it says, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you, notwithstanding In this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Hallelujah, Lord. Right now, let's cross this house, begin to just lift up the name of God. Hallelujah, Lord. I pray, God, that you would help me, Lord God, to walk in power, to walk in the authority, Lord God, that you have called me into, Lord God. Lord, you called me for a purpose. God, you you have a reason that you have brought me to this place, this time, Lord God. And it is my desire, God, to seek your purpose, to fulfill the purpose in my life today, God. And I know that it is my choice, God. Uh, It's only up to me, Lord God. You've given me all the tools, God. You've given me everything that I need to succeed, Lord God. And I pray right now, God, across this house, let us be not just hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word, God. I pray, God, change a soul today, God. Lord, I pray, God, encourage someone that might be down, someone that's about ready to give up, Lord God. I pray, God, let them get a hold of your word tonight, God. Get a hold of the power to overcome, Lord God, right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And the church said, Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And uh, you may be seated. And uh, I am going to, just under the reading, your. For you, I want to lay a little bit of a groundwork here, and then I'll get in 
to the meat of it. Y'all don't mind Scripture, do you? Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I've got a ton of it. But in John chapter 1, for us apostolics, we like to hold on to this. Right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. But I want you to keep in mind for this, this verse, my key verse is number three. It says, all things were made by Him, and without Him there was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for witness and bear witness of the light, and all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which, light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was, he was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew, world knew Him not. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them give He power to become sons of God, even to them that believeth on His name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I read those Scriptures because I want you to understand something. There is nothing in this world that wasn't made by God. There wasn't anything in this world that was ever put there to trip you up that was stronger than you could be when you're, when you're partnered with the Holy Ghost. Amen. When you've got the power of God on the inside of you, you've got power that created everything that comes before you, whether it be physical or spiritual. You have the power to overcome. You have the power to, come, to succeed. You have to understand that He was made and He made everything. I was made by God. I was set up by God. There is nothing in this world. Matter of fact, we live in probably the most beautiful state in the Union. Maybe the most beautiful place in the world. And when I look at those mountains, I know that they bow before God. When I look at the, the, the awesome power of what an earthquake can do, I want to look at the power of what a glacier calving can do. When I look at all those things, what am I looking at? I'm looking at a reminder God laid before man to say, hey, as powerful as those things are, I made them. Do you hear me? As powerful as the enemy that may come against you is, uh, uh, God put him in and God created him. God made him subject to him. God said, you can have power over life and death right now, but I'm going to take it from you and we're getting ready to celebrate that on Resurrection Sunday. Now you got to understand something. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not like most preachers. I'm not properly educated. I don't have a heritage of a minister who bled into me, but I have a series of men who believed in me. And I work differently. And I'm from Florida. Well, originally from Ohio, but I grew up in Florida. And we have what we call hurricanes down south. And uh, I grew up not in church, and I grew up wanting to be a meteorologist. But then I got the Holy Ghost. 
And as I have prayed and, and, and I, you study those things, and I know there's, there's, there's tragedy in all of those things, and just like the earthquake that we just suffered and all of those things, but, but those things were created by God. This earth is a demonstration of His power. Every, as the sun rises and the sun sets, everything in between and beginning and end, it all is created by God and it's all there for us to see His power. I, I, I look at the mountains and I have awe of Him. I look at, the, uh, at, at, at that great storm called a hurricane and, and we have awe of it and the power that it has created. Do you realize how much power is in what we would call a hurricane? And so... As I begin to pray and study, God begin to show me some things, and I'm going to share some things with you today, and we'll go on a little journey. I don't know how this is going to go, but we're going to get there, amen. And, and, and so the title, if I had a title, it would be The Anatomy of a Hurricane That Levels the Kingdom of Hell. It's not by chance, I believe, that we as humans want to name storms. Katrina. Bill, Donna, and when they're really powerful, what do we do with them? We retire the names. And so I was thinking about that, and and uh, and just from beings, I got family all in the in the Gulf Coast, and most summers, uh, things like this come up. And as I begin to pray, and God begin to say, you know, I have it in my mind that every apostolic that receives the Holy Ghost becomes a hurricane in their own world. I mean, have you ever, and we're going to talk about it in a minute, but if you just realize the power that is in nature, the forces that come together, the things that make them, are the same things that God put in you to make you someone who could shake a life and devastate the enemy. It is not the will of God for me to get the Holy Ghost and sit on a chair and never do anything for the kingdom of God. It is the only reason I was given the power of God was to defeat the evil of this world. Amen. To go into this world and make sure that I rescue every soul that has an opportunity, every soul that is hungry, that I don't allow anyone to go to hell. Hallelujah, Lord, because of my inconvenience. So when talking about the anatomy, I'll start with this. Matthew 16 17 says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give, uh, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever, whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. And in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and 9, it says, Two are better than one because they have good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe unto him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. How can... One be warm alone. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. 
Deuteronomy 32 and 30 says this, says, how should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight except their rock, except the rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up. There are six necessary conditions for the development of a hurricane. The first one is warm ocean waters. See, tropical cyclones thrive off of the heat content of the warm tropical and subtropical oceans. Warm water evaporates from the surface and is taken up by the developing cyclone. And as the water vapor rises, it eventually condenses into a liquid water forming clouds and they release their energy in the form of heat. And tropical cyclones use the released energy to gain organization and strength. Thus, the, warmth, the warmer the water, the more energy that can be extracted during condensation. And the stronger the storm can grow. Again, the warmer the water, the stronger the storm. However, tropical cyclones require large temperature differences between the ocean surface and upper level airs and to be most efficient. In other words, they, became, they become an engine. Now, as a Christian... We need our relationship to be like that body of water body of water to remain over hot water surfaces. In other words, if I want to be strong in the Lord, I better stay in a warm place. Amen. I better stay close to an altar and I better stay close to God. Hallelujah, Lord. You don't need to be going into the cooler parts of life. Amen. Stay hot, stay warm, and don't allow yourself to drift a little too far north. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise God. You have to have an on-fire relationship with God to feed the engine of your faith. Hallelujah. We've all been given the measure of faith. Amen. But it's up to us to feed that engine, to keep it going, and to stay strong in the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. This will ensure that there's always a ready supply of energy of, or faith to draw from in life. When we allow our lives to wander into cooler waters, we'll begin to weaken. It doesn't matter about any of the other things that are needed. Because if we don't get in the warm waters, we'll never develop the way we're supposed to. So it starts with getting into the house of God. Staying close to God. Staying, studying His Word. Making sure that everything about your relationship stays hot. You know, there's a lot of things that can go on in the environment, but the water temperature just doesn't drop overnight. Amen. Hallelujah. It'll hold its temperature for a while. So there may be times in your life where it feels like everything is dried up, like everything isn't going. But you just stay right in that place of the warmth of the water of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You keep that living water flowing through your life. You keep the warm waters of the Holy Spirit flowing through your life and it may seem dry on the outside the enemy may not see any possible development but you stay in the warmer waters hallelujah lord and eventually you'll become the storm god has called you to be amen hallelujah lord amen praise god revelation 3 and 15 tells us this i know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot i would thou i i, I would that thou wert cold or hot so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Amen. I think the Bible tells us it's time to stay warm. Amen. Verse 17 goes on, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not thou that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. That thou mayest be rich in white raiment, and that thou mayest be clothed, and thou shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve, 
that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. I like this part. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. You want to stay hot? You want to keep the water flowing warm? Be zealous and repent. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on now. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and will sup with him and he with me. In other words, it's up to me. If I'm going to stay in the warmer waters of development, amen, if I'm going to stay where I'm supposed to be, it's my choice to stay there. I've got to go. God's going to knock on the door, but I've got to open the door for him. I've got to allow God in. I've got to say, God, I don't want to get cold. I don't want to lose out in my relationship with you, God. But I want to stay where I'm supposed to be because it may not seem like it but I'm going to develop. The second element that's required is that it must be at least five degrees latitude on either side of the equator. See, tropical cyclones are well known for their rotation. Northern storms counterclockwise. Southern Hemisphere storms clockwise. And it's easily visible from a satellite. You can see it from the, from the sky. If you ever watch one of those, see one of those videos and they show them, and they, they, they look massive and you can watch them. However, in order to acquire this spin, they must obtain it from the rotation of the earth. At the equator, the influence of the earth's spin is zero. And it increases moving towards the poles. This is known as the Coriolis force. While there is nothing magical about five degrees latitude, there is just enough influence from the Earth's spin to be favorable for tropical cyclone development. Now, if you don't think God didn't create this earth, if you didn't think God knew what He was doing when He put these things together and the spin and He set the, the earth into motion and He put the Milky Way into place and He began to spin the earth the way He did for us to marvel, I'm telling you something. If you want to have a, a develop and you want to be in a favorable place of development, you've got to get closer to God and you've got to choose which pole are you going to go to. Amen. Am I going to go after the world or am I going to go after God? And once you make up your mind and say, hey, I'm not sitting at zero anymore. I'm not going to just stay in the equator of life and not do nothing. But I'm going to begin to go forth and do what God has called me to do. I'm going to go a little further than I went yesterday. I'm going to get a little bit further into uh, north uh, on latitude. Why? Because I want more influence of God in my life. Because the higher I get in latitude, the more influence the spin of the earth has on me. The closer and the more I do for God in His kingdom, the more influence God can have on my life. But when I sit in a pew, and I sit in neutral, and I sit at the equator, what I find is I become disenchanted. Because there's really no influence on my life. I don't want to sit and not be influenced by God. We need our lives to be influenced by God's kingdom. Because the closer to neutral we get, the less involved we are, and the less influence of God's kingdom there is, 
Be kingdom-minded and stay involved and your life will rotate around the true center of creation. Amen. You want your life to center and go around God, then you start doing things for God. Amen. And Because the more you do for Him, the more you'll spend and the more your life becomes centered on. There's a reason why when a tropical storm begins to develop, it tightens in. It gets a very close eye. It's not just all over the place, but it gets very compact and strong. Why? Because when we get involved with the kingdom of God, we become focused on the things that are important to God. Hallelujah, Lord. It's about a soul. It's about a family. It's about a neighborhood. It's about doing something and impacting a world. Hallelujah, Lord. I'm not caught off by all the other influences around me. But when I sit around and I'm not doing those things, I lose my focus. And I'm influenced by way too many other things. Titus 2 and 11 says this, is for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for the, that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Hallelujah, Lord. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. I'm telling you something. God had set it up and said, hey, I want you doing something for me. If you're not doing something for me, you're doing something for somebody else. Amen. But I want you to be zealous of good works. Amen. I know good works just don't get you to heaven, but I'm going to tell you something. God wants to be glorified in your good works when you do them unto Him. Hallelujah, Lord. So I don't do them of my own power and my own ability, but I do them by the power of the Holy Ghost that allows me to reach out beyond my own self. Hallelujah. Luke 9 and 22 says, saying the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and raised the third day. And He said unto them all, if any man will come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow Me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for My sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? Get out of neutral. Get above the five degree level. And then don't be satisfied with a little bit of spin. Hallelujah, Lord. You go as far as you can go and don't worry about it. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Now the third element is that you need low Vertical wind shear. Now, low ver vertical wind shear is the difference in wind speeds and direction at two different heights in the atmosphere. An example of shear would be to have wind increasing rapidly with height. Tropical cyclones have trouble developing in high shear environments. Now again, don't just look at this and listen to this in the physical mind. Begin to see what God's got planned for you in all these things. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Developing in high shear environments because it displaces the thunderstorms in the cyclone away from its center of circulation. The thunderstorms are the primary location for the cyclone to gain energy through condensation. 
Thinking back again to that first criteria. By moving the thunderstorms away from the center of circulation, the rotation weakens because it is not receiving a steady supply of energy. Hmm. So we must be single-minded. As a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. If we are trying to live two lives, one for God and one that pleases us, then we create wind shear in our lives. And it will destroy the very thing God needs us to have to continue to thrive and intensify. Amen. I want to be intensity. I want intensity to grow in my life. Amen. But it requires me to have everything lined up. And when I allow wind shear in my life, when I allow my mind to be pulled in different directions, when I allow other influences to have their way, what do they do? They blow. Now there's still some thunderstorms there. But if, and you might be operating and thinking you're right with God. Just because there's a thunderstorm doesn't make one a hurricane. Because nobody cares about a hurricane when the thunderstorms aren't over the center of circulation. The devil doesn't fear you. When you're making all kinds of thundering and lightnings and you're not over the center of circulation that is Jesus Christ. Because when your life is over what God wants you to have and you're centered where you're supposed to be, then you are in line with God and God begins to feed up that moisture and everything wraps around that circulation and it begins to get ominous and strong and strength and it scares the devil to pieces. James 1 and 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and unbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. We can... Raise your hand if you've got the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. If you received the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, Lord. You've been given a, a power and a power source that can bring down strongholds. The devil must obey to that spirit. And when you're walking uprightly, when you're walking in line with God, and you're doing what God has called you to do, and you're walking in the authority of the Holy Ghost, then when you speak to the enemy, he must listen. Amen. But when you're out there as a blowhard, out there trying to live it one way today and another way tomorrow, and when everybody's around, and you're nowhere near the center of circulation, you know what the enemy says? Eventually that thunderstorm will Rain itself out. It's my choice to get rid of the wind shear in your life. Tonight's about getting yourself into the right environment that God can change you into the most powerful force the enemy's ever seen. The fourth element 
is there must be moisture in the mid-troposphere. Tropical cyclones require moist mid-troposphere to help keep their clouds and thunderstorms intact. Dry air introduced into the mid-levels will begin eating away at the cyclone's clouds. Furthermore, the dry air becomes wrapped into the circulation of the cyclone, disrupting the thunderstorms and causing asymmetries uh, in the structure of the cyclone. If you've ever seen a video of somebody showing a storm, they'll, they'll show when it gets into a place where dry air comes in, and it can take the most powerful five, whatever they call it, the category five storm in the world, and it can suck the life out of it in a day. Because the moisture's gone. We must stay connected to God's Spirit and in our prayer life allow God to speak to our souls and keep us saturated in His Spirit. I've got to allow that spiritual river to flow in my life. Otherwise, we allow our spiritual lives to become dry and it will begin eating away at our spiritual engines. It causes things in our walk to become out of whack. Amen. All of a sudden, we're the dry, we don't even know where it came from, but there's dry air coming in. And all of a sudden, that engine that was gone and, and it seems like the rug is pulled out from under us. Has anybody ever been there where you feel like you're this on fire, power-packed engine? Amen. And in the next day, it seems like Somebody pulled the ant. You know, maybe life showed up. Maybe some bad news came in the mail. Maybe that person I shouldn't be hanging around shows up. Maybe I start listening to the wrong voice. And it's like, it dries up. But I can choose to stay at His feet. And say, I don't care. The minute I feel the dryness coming in, we're fixing this. I'm not letting this dryness get wrapped around my spiritual life. I am not going to let the chaos and the things of my life and the, the bad things, the whatever things God's put there, all the bad influences, all those things that are stuff, whatever it might be for you, I'm not going to let it get wrapped around me and choke out the Spirit of God in my life. But I'm going to stay moist. I'm going to stay. I'm going to let that moisture into my life. I'm going to say, God, I don't ever want you to be too far away from me. John 4 and 21 tells us this. It says, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither uh, in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit 
and in truth. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. You want to stay moist? You want to keep the moisture in your, in your life? You don't want to dry out? Then you worship God. You worship Him in spirit and in truth. You don't walk away from what you know is true. You don't compromise any part of your life. And you make sure that every time you can get before God, you worship Him in the spirit. You speak to Him and you say, God, I want this channel open. I don't want there to ever be any noise in my life. I don't want to be able to speak to you and to hear your voice. It's important. It's important. The fifth element is probably the one we all love, but it's unstable conditions. In other words, if you're, if you're just about comfort and convenience, then you'll never be the power-packed apostolic God saved you to be. Tropical cyclones contain thunderstorms, which ingest moist air near the surface. The most effective way to bring the air near the surface up into the thunderstorms as if that air is unstable. Unstable air is typically very warm, moist air. Again, such as over all those tropical oceans. That when lifted will be continue to rise on its own. The, moist, the more unstable the air is, the more rapidly it will rise. Rapidly rising air helps create vigorous thunderstorms which contribute to the overall tropical cyclone. So, apostolic, in order to cause that storm, we need some unstable conditions in our lives. There is nothing like them to cause our prayers to rise more rapidly than being tested. Those tests in life, those things that cause conflict between us and this world are the very things necessary that will help develop the engine that turns us into the powerful hurricane or apostolic uh, that God wants for His kingdom. Hallelujah, Lord. The very things sometimes we run from are the things God needs that will rise up. Hallelujah, Lord. And create stronger storms. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. You can get some storms and you can get a little bit of thunder. Hallelujah, Lord, just with a little bit of moist air and with somewhat stable air. But if you've ever been on the in Tornado Alley, which is because you got moist or cold air dropping from the north and moist air coming in and where it meets in that alley, it's unstable. There's a fight. There's a spiritual fight in your life. And God is using those things that are that aren't hurting you, but they're, they're, they're causing you some anguish. They're, they're causing you some prayer time. They're, they're causing you to go before God and ask Him, why is this happening in my life? Why do I feel this way? Why is all of this coming against me? And God is trying to say, I'm going to make you stronger than you've ever been. But you've got to trust me. You've got to stay in the process. And you've got to allow these things to rise up to me. And when I get a hold of them, I'm going to bring them on down and they're going to cause all of those storms and they're going to feed the overall engine in your life Romans 5 says therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God 
through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Tribulations are unstable. I can't control them. I can only give them to God. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'm here to tell you, God died for you and He knew what was coming your way. Every situation you go through, God is not surprised. And there is a choice you're going to make. You're either going to allow God and give it to God and let it rise up and create something powerful in the spirit realm, hallelujah Lord, that will send the enemy on the run, or you can bellyache about it, run from it, stay away from it, and I'll just stay right here where it's stable. You know what happens when you're stable? In that sense, nothing happens. We call that a nice summer day. No real wind. Sun's out. It's the kind of day you go out and lay under a tree and take a nap. And spiritually, that's what happens to too many of us. We just want it stable. No wind. Nice, maybe a nice breeze. I'll lay down, take a nap. Whereas the things that are changing the very structure of land is a massive hurricane that is being fueled by every violent force that's coming against it. And with God. We can go through those storms and God takes those situations and He grabs them and wraps them in. And what the enemy has meant for our... God turns them and says, devil, you don't know what you're doing, but I'm taking this storm in this brother's life. I'm taking this situation in this sister's life and I'm going to take it because they've given it to me. And it's going to rise up and I'm going to hear it. I'm going to see it and I'm going to go and turn it right back into that storm than what the substance of what they're becoming and it's going to be something that turns their world upside down but I've got to choose to go to the place that's unstable I've got to choose to embrace the tribulation I've got to choose the glory in it I've got to The sixth element is pre-existing disturbance is required. A pre-existing disturbance can be considered a seedling that if placed under the previous five conditions may grow to be a tropical cyclone. 
While a disturbance can come in many form, different forms, the most typical in the Atlantic basin are the African easterly waves that come rolling off of Africa. These waves are generally a complex set of thunderstorms that moves off the west coast of Africa. Provided the previous five conditions are in place over the Atlantic Ocean, off of the west coast of Africa, a disturbance moving over that area may develop. So in other words, I've got to allow myself to kind of have a little hunger in me. Amen. Praise God. Because you can take those other five conditions and add your hunger with the measure of faith that God has already given you. You see, we've all been given faith. Amen. And every soul that's out in Palmer uh, right now, hallelujah, Lord, has been given a measure of faith. Amen. All you're looking for is a little bit of hunger. And if you've got somebody with a little bit of hunger and they've been given the measure of faith, which we know they have, amen, what am I saying? There is a potential hurricane of an apostolic in that house and in that area. Amen. And it's up to me to help move them into an area that is, that's favorable for development. That's what we do when we teach Bible studies. That's what we do when we go and do something for somebody because God has told us to. Because we recognize the hunger. We know they have the faith. And with a little bit of hunger that's seeking after something, that's called a disturbance. And when we move into their life, it really disturbs things. And then what we do is we help get them in their life moving into those other five areas. We start getting rid of the wind shear out of their life. We help them say, hey, make this choice. Get rid of this. Make up your mind what you're going to do. And when we do that, we don't know how big that storm will be. Some are bigger than others. But we don't know when we walk by that house or that place at work that there isn't a storm that's a brewing in their life that might be used to wipe out the spiritual enemy of this city. <laughs> Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. And be, not, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly, and pay attention to this, according as God hath dealt to every man, the measure, not a measure, but the measure of faith. We are all full of potential. But who are you going to let steer you? There are many components within that strong hurricane that lets us know that it's strong. It has an eye. It's the center of circulation. It's the areas of lowest pressure within a hurricane. Within the eye of a hurricane, you will encounter clear skies, calm winds. However, don't let that fool you because once the eye passes, 
Your area at the other side is just as bad. However, I will say this. You're never going to be anything if you really haven't delved into making sure that there is a singular center of circulation in your life. If you've got your life going in too many directions, you'll never develop it. It'll never be anything it's supposed to be. But when you get focused, it may take time. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. There are times where storms develop over time. They drop. But then there's always that rare storm. Like we had uh, Matthew, I think it was, whatever one that hit the... uh, uh, the panhandle of Florida uh, this last summer. That storm went from a category one, barely a hurricane, to one of the fiercest storms in 24 hours. It set a record for how low the pressure in that storm dropped. It dropped more than, I think, 40, uh, 60 millibars in 24 hours. And for a period of time, it became the most intense storm the world has ever seen or recorded. All because that storm was steered and moved into the right place. And everything was in set in motion. And every one of those elements I talked about were right where they're supposed to be. And it became a storm that literally scared people to death. People watched in awe of that storm. God tells us to let our light shine so before men. That they may, that he may get glory out of our good works. I'm paraphrasing that. This world is going to stand at awe at the apostolic church. And the church we know will prevail. Because we also know what we already read, and that is the gates of hell shall not prevail against His church. The church is going to prevail. We are the church. But I have a choice. Am I going to be really a part of what the world looks at in awe? Or am I going to be a dead, just barely hanging on, surviving thunderstorm that might, that might set a few little fires? Or do I want to be so in tune with God and so on focus with God that I am a storm that this world sits back on and says, I don't know what they, what's going on in their life, but they just reshape the landscape. Hallelujah, Lord. Matt, do that storm this summer went through, and when it did, they showed before and after uh, satellite pictures. And it absolutely changed the coastline. A strong hurricane will take a river and shove it up the other way and make it flow backwards. A strong hurricane will take the easiest of little things and make them a deadly weapon. My Bible tells me our wep- the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. To the pulling down. If we are going to be what this world needs us to be, then it is up to me to get myself into a place where I'm in the right environment, where my life is doing the things it's supposed to be doing, where everything is focused so that I can develop into what God has called me to be. And what God has called me to be is to be something and be that big of a powerful force that changes the landscape of my world. Hallelujah, Lord. It is up to me to change the landscape. It's up to me to uproot the dead things. Hallelujah, Lord. It's up to me, hallelujah, Lord, to be in a place where God can use me. It's up to me. It's up to you. 
I don't want to be weak in a spiritual The Bible tells me in Corinthians, Paul says, when he's, when he's been beat up, and he hears that, my, my grace is sufficient for thee. Right? We know when we're weak, he is strong. So I've got to keep myself where he wants me to be so that he can be strong through me. There are many other components. There's many other things. But the bottom line is hurricanes are pretty fascinating. Watch them on, on satellite. And I don't... Look, God created the hurricanes... Man decided to live in front of them. So I don't like to see anything destroyed or any loss of life. But that storm was created for a purpose by God. And it was created to reinvigorate. I mean, come on. A hurricane can be a, a, a drought buster. The winds tear down everything that is dead. And then blows it away. The rain, some of the rain that came into the Carolinas, they got uh, 40 to 50 inches of rain overnight. Five feet of rain in 24 hours. And I'll give my wife credit for this. She's the one originally, and I've used it a couple times, so give fair attribution. This wasn't my original thought, but she did a study on seeds. And how during a hurricane or a storm that you can go to some areas and where they've been hit with these storms and there's been so much rain that it penetrates so deep that species of plants that had been dormant and extinct in the areas for years all of a sudden will come. And they'll get new species of, of trees. Why? Because the rain finally reached down and got to the seed. Amen. And so that storm that's there and all that flooding that comes, what does it do? It floods over my soul. And if I'll allow God to let that storm into my life, amen, it'll seed every Bible study that I'm trying to teach. It'll seed every soul I'm trying to reach. And there's going to be a soul that begins to rise up. And, and a family that has been extinct, a family that's not been in God's book of life, amen, all of a sudden will rise up, hallelujah, Lord, and come to an altar and receive the Holy Ghost, be baptized in His name, and get His name in the Lamb's book of life and God's going to say hey thank God for that storm thank God for that individual that wasn't afraid to make landfall in that neighborhood that wasn't afraid to go into a place where nobody else could go and say devil get out of here I'm going to run you off as I attempt to close here strong as that storm is the strong as we become the lesson we've got to learn though is that storm is only and can only maintain its strength as long as those conditions stay favorable 
You can be the most powerful storm or apostolic you think you are. That's why Paul kept saying, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Because we're all just letting wind shear in. Letting a little dryness in. Moving into cooler waters. Away from having every bit of energy sapped out of us. And that storm that you wake up one morning is of category five might be just barely hanging on 24 hours later. And you wonder, what happened? What happened while I was asleep? Oh, dry air got wrapped in around that storm and destroyed it. Oh, it moved into an area of shear and it blew all the storm clouds away. (laughs) I want to be what God wants me to be. What God wants me to be in the spiritual realm that mimics the physical is He wants me to be a hurricane that rocks the enemy. I want the devil to know when I've blown through that it wasn't just a little storm, amen, but he's going to get everything he's got from me. Hallelujah, Lord. And I'm going to do my part to stay where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to stay in an altar. I'm going to stay in my Word. I'm, I'm going to keep my relationship where it's supposed to be. I'm going to keep doing what God has called me to do. I'm going to keep reaching people. I'm going to te- keep teaching Bible studies. I'm going to keep doing all that I know to do. And as long as I do all that, and when the trials come, I'm going to give glory to God. And I'm going to refuse to out of those storms. I'm going to refuse to bow to those situations. But I'm going to stand up and say, God, if you've called me to it, you'll get me through it. Hallelujah, Lord. Because I know I'm going to be stronger on the other side. Who here wants to see their name retired in the Lamb's book of life? To hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'm going to retire that name because that name caused a lot of damage to the kingdom of hell. It's time that some apostolics in Palmer, Alaska began to make landfall in the enemy's territory and say, you know what? Devil, you've had this neighborhood for too long. You've had this school for too long. You've had my family for too long. You've had it all for too long. I'm going to be I'm going to be such a strong storm that I'm going to change the landscape of my neighborhood. That I'm going to make sure that the devil can't even recognize what was there before. I'm going to turn it on its ear and I'm going to let new things begin to grow. But devil, your day is done. Or am I going to take the convenient way? Keep myself in stable situations. Not risk too much. Not do too much. Not commit too much. And I might get the enemy wet every now and then. But I will never turn my world upside down like the apostolics are supposed to. Let's set our world on fire. 
Let's change the landscape of the battle in the spirit. There is a spiritual battle and our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So I don't have anything to fear. Amen. The, God, the word said not to, I don't have to worry about anything being done to me or being harmed. I can do what God has called me to do. So devil, uh, you, better get up, you better get on out of my neighborhood. Get out of my work environment. Get out of, the, out of my, my world, of in, my sphere of influence. Because I'm about to set you on your ear. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. I'm about to rock you like a hurricane, so to speak. Hallelujah, Lord. I'm going to set you on fire, God. Oh, God, I pray right now. Come on, why don't we rise up? Hallelujah, Lord. Maybe you know some family that's got a little dead. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. They need a little bit of fire in their life. They need a little bit of a wind to blow through. Come on. That wind's going to blow through and set this world on fire. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on, let's sing. Oh, hallelujah.